Hey guys, it's Josh, Jeff, and Terry, and we're here to talk about effective communication. Say hi guys. Hi guys. Hi. Hi. I forgot about that part. <laughs> Which one I think you and Josh both yes. <laughs> My brain immediately heard the little, the little, uh, dum, dum, dum. <laughs> I think it's important for us to remember when we're communicating that there's a, a, a lot of different ways that we can communicate. And we have had to to restart the video a few times because <laughs> some of the ways that we can communicate are inappropriate to talk about or just funny. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, oh, we have a good time. So Jeff, I am going to let you go first. <laughs> yeah, of course, Jeff. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. What, are some, what are the different types of communication that that can be employed? <laughs> <laughs> well, there are several, Josh. <laughs> I would say the first. What's uh, your favorite one? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Uh, how about verbal? Let's go with verbal. Uh, let's go with verbal communication. Not necessarily my favorite, but it is uh, one because that's the main way in which we're even communicating here is um, verbal communication. Just how we speak, what we say. Now, as I'm sure as we get into other types here, it's not the only way we communicate, and obviously how we, even as I'm sitting here, I'm now talking with my hand at the same time. So there's another form we'll talk about here in a minute, but um, verbal is still important, right? It does really, that's how we can really do effective communication too, right? Is I can say something in a very clear manner. So you or Terry or maybe Josh might be, you know, <laughs> kidding. Uh, Josh would always uh, figure it out. It'd be me that would mess it up. Um, but having that very clear verbal um, communication so people understand, you know, what are going on and uh, out there as we're, as we're communicating and having a conversation. Yep. Oh, you know, next? Yeah, please. All right, so um, since you talk about verbal, I'll talk about non-verbal. Non <laughs> non-verbal uh, communication. So, and then that can, can be... Can you please do that non-verbally for me? Uh, you sure, I sure can. <laughs> It's more boring. It is way more boring. <laughs> you know, so uh, nonverbal can be many, many different things. Like you're you're using your hands to talk, right? Yeah. I have my arms crossed right now, right? So you're always conveying some sort of uh, communication uh, type by your body language or your 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 nonverbal communication, right? Um, and uh, you know, we've all been in discussions or work environments, or maybe you're having a. Uh, conversation with your wife where you're having a, a polite discussion on some topic that you disagree on uh, there can no. be some nonverbal uh, communication that goes on right I know um, Heidi doesn't even realize this but she when she is stressed about something or concerned about something she wrinkles her right here she has this little wrinkle in her and she doesn't even know it right and hope does it too actually it's kind of funny she passed it on but um, but I, I can immediately tell that uh, I'm doing something that's stressing her out or I'm saying something, right? So if you are aware of the nonverbal, you can get a lot of communication from that just by watching people's body language. So. As a matter of fact, we did it today. The first time Josh got out of his car as we're entering into the building, Terry and I both looked at him and go, are you okay? Are you a zombie? He hadn't said a word to us yet, right? Yeah. But just the way he was walking and just the look at his face was like, wait a minute. Yeah. It turned out everything was fine. He was just I trying. I stood up too fast getting out of the car, so I was seeing stars <laughs> and I about to pass out. So 
Again, nonverbal communication. <laughs> we notice something without a word being said, and it's amazing how effective it actually is. Mm -hmm. So I think then the next one, my personal favorite. <laughs> no, written communication. Um, there will be plenty of people that will tell you that this is not my strength, but we can communicate a lot via writing. So we were just having a conversation right uh, before we started this video about work emails and how to formulate appropriate work emails. When to pull a point, when to do a summary at the top, right? Various things, because how we do those types of things in written communication can either be effective or not effective. And there's certain things that we can do um, in those and just make it way more effective for your audience um, that is listening. So written communication would be another, I think, really good one. Yeah, um, you know, in, 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 in written communication, it definitely, there's tons of different ways to have written communication. Absolutely. Right? There's different, uh, different media that you can use, whether it's email or text messages or, you know, a written letter, um, a little card, whatever, right? Um, there's sometimes, um, we'll, uh, we'll just write little notes um, somewhere and leave them, you know, for maybe your spouse or your kid or something like that. So just different things like that. It's kind of cool. So, uh, but another one is visual communi communication, right? So, and uh, I have no idea what you mean by that, so. <laughs> well, I was actually, my question I have on this one is, what do you consider like an emoji? Is that a written or a visual? It's a little of both. <laughs> in fact, it's a nonverbal in there too. That's, right. that's part of the interesting part of visual, and this is something that I think we are influenced by all the time. We don't necessarily notice it. Uh, visual encompasses things like the color of something. If you put words into the color red versus the color blue, it's going to convey a different emotion behind it. Uh, if you include diagrams to go with something, you can further communicate. You know, pictures are worth a thousand words. Uh, so what does it communicate when I have put like orange lettering on top of a red color? Because that's everyone that I hate everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I can't, I can't actually read it. Yeah. Yeah. I would communicate that you like Microsoft's hot dog stand. <laughs> Colors. Yes. <laughs> so like we covered, there's a lot of different types, and there's multiple subtypes, and there's a blending of types that we just naturally do all the time. Uh, and in each one of those should be when you're communicating something that you work on and that you can become more fluent in ones that you have strengths in or ones that you have weaknesses in because people relate to different types of communication in different ways. And we'll get into a little more of when we might want to consider the different types. But within each of those types, there's also different styles, which are kind of a, a flavor of how you would apply or implement one of those types. So you want to cover one of your, one of the styles, Jeff? Sure. <laughs> I'm going to go with informal. Excellent. Because I really want Terry to cover formal. Um, <laughs> We're going to get him tails and a top hat. Uh-huh. I want to hear him do it in a British accent, too. That's just for Kenny <laughs> screams formal for whatever reason. Um, but informal communication, right? A lot of just the fun we're having here is a little bit more informal, although some of the way we're even doing this though tends to be even a little formal as I steal probably some of Terry's, Terry's thunder here <laughs> a little bit, but just a little more informal, just kind of hanging out, having a conversation. That's all just kind of an informal um, way of doing it. It doesn't, it's just every day. A lot of times I say like an everyday part of a conversation that we'd have with just anyone walking into the street or at a, at, you know, 
at a line in a stair, although with social distancing, you don't have too many conversations in line anymore, but at a gas pump, right? Different things like that, which is more of an informal kind of style. Is it fair that the medium you choose can also be a, a whether it's formal or informal, uh, choosing a text message versus an email or a sticky note versus a well, factual letter that would depend upon the generation in which That's you are, <laughs> in which you are part of as to whether you consider a text message formal or not, or a post-it note formal. So there actually probably is a really interesting play on how even generations or groups of people um, you view formal and informal and and those sort of things. So that's actually a really good point, Josh. Is knowing your audience a little bit may determine what's informal, formal, what's appropriate and not appropriate, and whatever you're trying to communicate. But that's informal. Yep. So, so what's formal? Uh, formal would be anybody from Britain. <laughs> formal. Or anybody that can do a really good British accent. British accent. I've been just with Wayne for uh, several weeks now, and about a week, and uh, so I'm working on my British accent. You should continue working on your British accent. <laughs> I need Wayne here. So. Wayne would be excellent. Would help. So. <laughs> Um, I think that uh, formal uh, communication is obviously there's specific use cases for it, right? So whether you know, depending on who you're communicating with, and you want to be in a more formal, and even you know, like even work emails, sometimes you're addressing someone where you want to say, you know, address the, the, the you know a high upper level someone in a in a company where you're going to you know call them a Mister something something or Mrs. something something kind of a thing. So you address it differently. Whereas when you're emailing your Coworker, you're just like, hey, bonehead, right? Take care of this for me or something like that. I so have sometimes never once typed that into an email to a coworker. Really? No. You should try it. Uh, <laughs> I think it's super effective. <laughs> <laughs> so, Josh, you consider that effective communication? Absolutely. <laughs> but I think that you know, if we look at history, formal communication was uh, a lot more um, prevalent, right? In you know, as but as communication became to communicate through. A medium other than speaking, and even speaking was formal, but just communication became more and more uh, readily available through different mediums. Uh, the formality kind of leaves, right? And, uh, and 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 to just point to that uh, the generational thing, people have, and and I think technology has made it really easy for people to uh, be very informal. Absolutely. Right? I mean, I, we've all gotten text messages where people just do speech to text. I mean, that is one of the most informal ways of communicating because. It usually gets all messed up and some kind of weird words and that kind of stuff. So, so the formal kind of it's 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 almost like um, it's kind of being you know whatever weeded out. It's, it's kind of fading in, in history, but there is still a place for it, right? If you think about legal letters and different things like yes. that and whatnot. So. And I think both of you did a pretty good job of uncovering that it has changed. Those definitions have changed mm -hmm. over time. Um, from a traditional what we would consider, you know, if I was going to have something formal, I would expect it to be on a typed letterhead, maybe with very crisp uh, typography with a specific type of font and in a specific color. You use black or blue, not hot pink or orange on yellow. Um, but modern times, maybe that would convey something different I than can, it would I, have in the past. I know what it would convey to me. What am I in trouble for? And exactly. Right. <laughs> you talked about the, the legal. Right. You to become an illegal, and, and that's exactly it. So I think that means, you know, we've talked about the different types. We've talked about the different styles that each of those types can, can adopt and the mediums through which those can be conveyed. 
which I think really leads into what are things you need to consider both before you start communicating and during a communication session in whatever format, type, style that you've chosen, because uh, that can also be fluid as well. So Jeff, what's, what's something that you can consider? Uh, well, I think the first one, are kind of one of the things that we can consider, and probably that's near the top of the list, is your audience. Um, who are you actually communicating to? What is appropriate in a setting? Am I sitting in front of a formal group of people who are going to give a speech in a presentation? Am I talking to my coworker that's sitting right next to me at my desk? Am I in the grocery store line? Am I trying to write a very specific you know, type of um, letter to engage your response in some manner, whether it's legal or financial or something like that? There's a lot of, you have to know who your audience is um, that you're addressing that to, I think, is one of the things that really, if, if we would consider that, it allows us to gauge as to what, what really type of communication am I going for, and what's the style that I kind of want to put that in, to go back to the previous two kind of things yeah, that we talked about. Absolutely. So I would start with what, considering my audience. Yeah, I think when you're considering your audience, we take that for granted a lot of times. You go to the store, you chit-chat with the uh, person checking you out, or something like that, but we, we do take it for granted, but if you do think about it, you can be a lot more effective in your communication. So yeah. um, I think also in, in included in that would be the intent, right? So once you know your audience, what are you intending to communicate with them? Um, yeah. And so, because once you know what you're intending to communicate, now you can start to formulate how are you gonna make sure you communicate that intent, right? In addition to your intent, knowing your audience uh, also should allow you to think through it, like what do I want there and what, what am I intending them to get out of it, right? So it's not just about me, getting my point across is about how do I want them to receive it, how do I want to make sure they are getting the right uh, communication out of it. So I think intent, thinking through that is super important um, because we can get way off track in communication, right? Well, absolutely. It, 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 it's, it's, if you go back and watch this, we're probably... <laughs> all, all yeah, we violated quite a few of these already, but yeah. that's that's part of the, the reason that we want to go over these things because it's very easy for it to become an automatic response. And if we bring our attention to it every now and then, it allows us to be more purposeful. Now, you guys brought up intentionality or your intent and the audience that you're going to communicate to. And I think you're absolutely right. Those two things combined will really help you pick and choose what type of communication and the style of communication. And then that leads into all of the little decisions that you get to make once you've made those choices. For instance, I think it's it, your tone and, your, and the volume that you choose is going to make a huge difference on what's communicated. I, I know my dad has always taught me and I've found it very true in various, uh, wow, communication is very difficult at times. Uh, situations, that's the word I was looking for. In various communication situations, uh, that it's, it's much less what I'm saying and much more how I'm saying it. No. It, exactly. <laughs> and, and the how is, you know, your tone, your your volume, even the vocabulary, how you're sitting, what your face looks like. It can come down to literally what I'm wearing. Am, am I conveying a very formal message, but I'm wearing a t-shirt and jeans? Well, that conveys maybe a more relaxed than what I'm trying, so I've got a disconnect in how it's coming across. Those are all various things. What, what's something else that you guys can think of that you should consider when, when trying to communicate effectively? You know, um, there's a, there was a, uh, this happens quite a bit actually, Jeff's over at our place and one of the kids will come in 
and like James will come in and James, James will say, uh, hey, Lily got hurt on the rocks and she's bleeding. And the way he says it, you're talking about tone and volume, all that kind of stuff. Jeff will look at him and say, tell her to come in and we'll take care of it. Right? <laughs> Knowing that, you know, the way he said it, right? and there was one time he comes oh, in couple times, and yeah. he's visually shaking, panicking, panicking. <laughs> and I can't remember what he said, but he said something know. about that uh, they were in a neighbor's yard and she got mad and, he, and we're in trouble. And, and, and Jeff and I immediately, we didn't ask any questions, we just jumped up and ran outside, right? So his, his tone, his, his nonverbal communication, everything said something, whereas you know, before it's like, hey, Lily's bleeding, we're just like, yeah, we'll tell her to come in. Right? <laughs> you, you, you can just tell, right? So that, you know, there's a lot of different things uh, that go into it. And in that specific circumstance, we were up and out the door, or moving out yeah. the door towards him, even before he said a word. Because just the expression on his face is, something is very wrong. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think there's been twice that's happened to us. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a point. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, continuing down this line, Josh, if I may just continue Please. to add in here. Um, vocabulary. What vocabulary would you choose? Am I using some, you know, more slang type uh, things? Or am I swearing? And I don't personally condone swearing I think it's a very awful way to do communication because generally it's done in a very negative context um, so I don't personally use it just because I don't think it adds very much value to, to anything but it's definitely one of those things that if I'm in a more formal setting where I'm you know talking to an executive of my company or some sort of manager of my company I'm going to avoid using vocabulary like you know swearing or you know really you know crazy slang I'm going to be trying to be a little bit more um, uh, formal in my vocabulary um, that is it doing something. But if I'm just having a conversation with Josh and Terry, I still don't use you know foul language. But um, have I? <laughs> well, I don't think I've ever really used foul language with you guys. Have I ever? Not that I can remember. Once, recall. once as I you know hit my head into a brick wall while trying to catch a football. Maybe once. I don't know something like that. But <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, that was a long time ago. My head still hurts a little bit. Uh, <laughs> But a lot of times it's a little bit more relaxed just in our conversation, maybe a little bit more slang or informal, shorter sentences, or we throw out a really long word just to try to confuse the other person, right? <laughs> just as, you know, some fun. So I think what we do with the vocabulary and the setting and who we're talking with, I think really does matter. Like communiversion? Communiversion. What was the other one that we had? Circumcision. Circumcision. <laughs> or circumstance. Uh, little things that, uh, you know, funny come out of the mouth as you're talking that we yes. had it out as <laughs> you guys don't always see. <laughs> Yes. Well, vocabulary is one I know that I've uh, personally struggled with, uh, not because I have this even enormous, in this talk. Uh, ex absolutely even in this talk, <laughs> but it's knowing your audience and making sure that you're not using technical jargon for someone oh, yeah. who has absolutely I mean, no idea, that can be very off-putting or, or even condescending, but also doing it to a, a younger audience. I wouldn't. I wouldn't talk to someone who's well, okay. I shouldn't talk to someone who's five, <laughs> the same way that I would talk to Terry and Jeff, either in my word choice or in the style of, you know, some of my vocals. But you also have to be careful not to to oversimplify, which I think is something that our modern society is really driving more towards, um, yeah. which isn't necessarily bad. It's just understanding. What is that conveying in and of itself as well? Yeah. Um, I think for the sake of 
really covering one last topic that plays a huge part in this personality I, knowing someone's personality is critically important I think in communication and even if you don't know their personality would you get to your point please yes see this is this is what happens sorry <laughs> sorry Arya. what type of personality am I? <laughs> You actually bring up a funny point because having worked with, funny with Jeff and Terry long enough, <laughs> I have learned when I'm trying to communicate something that is important, I can't drone on as much as I have a propensity to. I need to be short, sweet, to the point, and that's not a bad thing. It's, it's good for me to understand that I'm going to communicate more effectively with Jeff if I don't babble on. There's nothing wrong with that. Need to make sure you circumcise your points. I need to circumcise my <laughs> points. Yes. Oh. But then also with somebody who's a little more uh, social or likes to have a little more fun, I can't be boring and monotone like I'm being now. I need to actually try to be funny and engaging and pause and ask questions as opposed to just bleh all over everybody. Or story format. Or story format, which is something else we were talking about. Yeah. Yep. I think that's a great point. Personality is a good one to consider. If you know if you're dealing with someone more like me who's more of a direct, give me the four bullet points and give them to me fast. And or extend anyone that has that. I mean, I, I have a couple of bosses where I know that if I don't talk like that, I'm they're lost, <laughs> and I'm having to re-explain. And that's not a knock on them. That's just their personality tends towards that. And if I know that, I can play to that. Absolutely. And I know I have some that need some of the background. They need a little bit more of that detail. And so some of that more of that backstory. Um, and kind of story format to it so they can understand it really does help. I think you just, you know, you're, it goes, you know, even back to something we talked about, knowing your audience a little bit. And this is kind of a really good bullet point under there that using those personalities. And there's a couple of books on this. Robert Rome, where one's called, uh, what is the name of that book? Uh, personality Pers Profiles? Person personality Profiles? Yeah, like that. It's a DISC. Robert Rome writes it. It's a great one. Florence Woodtower um, writes another one with the same thing. There's a, there's, and her, what is hers called? Personality Plus. Personality Plus. So there's, uh, you know, there's a few of those out there for that person. I wanted to type for a couple of resources if you're looking for it. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, one of the thing, key things with communication is definitely to, um, you know, all these different things. And what you're really trying to do is convey a message in the most effective way possible based on what your uh, purpose is in conveying that message. But... Um, you know, and it's at the same time, um, you're you're opening up that other person to be able to receive that message in the best way possible that they can receive it. Right. Um, a, a couple of things that come to mind as we're talking about this is in communication, it's a two-way street, right? So effective communication also involves being aware of the other person's verbal and nonverbal and everything else we've talked about, right? And it also becomes um, there's there's also a a technique that you. Our thing that you want to make take into consideration is you don't want to assume anything when you're listening to someone else, right? Because there's the, how many times in communication have there been a there's been a uh, an argument that started because you took something the wrong way? Why did you say that that way when the other person's like, I didn't say it that way all the time. Right? So if this happens constantly. Right? I, I would say it's, when you get into those arguments, it's not. It's most times it's not because of what the person said. It's, it's like you say, it's how they said it. Right. Absolutely. Right. So yeah. it's super important to. Uh, to remember that when you're talking to some, talking to people, right? 
Um, that, you know, one effective, another effective technique is when you're talking to people is to just to repeat some stuff back to them so that you understand, yeah. understand um, what that person is saying. So we've been talking a ton about how do we communicate, but what part of the communication is how do we receive that communication? That's a good point too. Back to them too. Yes. <laughs> okay. So Jeff, just just to have some fun. How would you approach a discussion with your wife about holiday plans? Or yeah, maybe you could just say, how would you approach a discussion with your wife, Jeff? That's true. <laughs> uh, let's go with the holiday plans. Yeah. Yes. Um, Which holiday? Tina celebrates a lot of them. I was going to say, I think we have decorations up in our house for, you know, at least 12 or so different ones throughout the course of the year. <laughs> My wife is uh, very um, artistic and uh, very good at that, and so our house gets decorated for just about everything, which, more power to her, I have zero problem with as long as I don't have to help. <laughs> Other than carry the big totes, heavy stuff upstairs so she doesn't have to uh, at least do that part. But Such a gentleman. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I have a hard heart towards it, one of the two. Um, I mean, the right way to do it is just uh, start by asking questions, right? Hey, well, I mean, well, what were you thinking for the holidays, right? And I, and I, and what I, were you thinking? And I don't, and I don't mean that. Today. That's honestly how. Right. It's, it's just it's slang, right? But that's how yeah. my wife and I talk. Hey, what are you thinking for for the holidays, right? I mean, it's, and I don't mean that in a negative way whatsoever. But that is with me and no, my it's, wife. It's that is the de-escalating. Yeah. Making sure that there's comfort in the conversation to start with. Yeah, absolutely, right? So just, I mean, what do you think? Is starting with that. Um, you know, that type of question and just, you know, drawing out. So it's not say, oh, by the way, hon, um, this is the way not to do it. By the way, we're going to my parents' house at one o'clock on this day and your parents' house, we're not going to get to until five. So just put that in the calendar. And doing that over a text. Uh, at well, don't do that at night. Or also don't just put it in the calendar. Oh yeah. And then expect your significant other to just figure it out. That's also not effective at all. <laughs> I know that one from personal experience. Maybe in the last two weeks. So I'm going to disagree with you a little bit because this is where you know your audience. Because if I go to Heidi and I say, hey, I'm thinking this and this, the very first thing she's going to look at me and say, did you put it in the calendar? <laughs> and I'm going to go, no. <laughs> <laughs> so she, Tina's not a person who is calendar sent no, out, right? No. Heidi is. So she. So that's a good... That's actually a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. And, and knowing your audience, yeah. yeah. So, but, he, yeah, but the question was, how do I do it with my one? Right, good right. point. Good so, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's absolutely. But, no, but, but I think Terry brings in a really good point there, right? Because he's right. Yep. Absolutely. There's a difference in how we should communicate. I tend to live a little bit more by what is or is not in the calendar because that gives me my structure that I need to know what questions I need to ask. I mean, that's not how my wife works. She works very differently than I do. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Yeah. Um, okay, a little more fun one. Notifying family members of a birthday party. Now, I want you to think about a way, and I'll give you two scenarios here so that you can come up with two different ways that you would actually communicate it. You're having somebody over for a birthday party and it's for your two-year-old. How would you convey that? Is it a question to me or Terry? Jeff, because yeah. I would never have a... <laughs> yes, I really want a Terry to answer that question. I have a two-year-old birthday party. But you guys would. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We would have a two-year-old. As a matter of fact, we'd have a one and a two and a three and a four Month and a five. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's just how we roll. Birthday parties for especially a team inside of the family are extraordinarily important um, on that. Uh, uh, there's lots of times, especially for the first, for one-year-old, and this was for the one-year-old, 
So I'm going to give you kind of two kind of things here. For the one-year-old, we did formal invitations. We sent out formal invitations for the one-year-old birthday party. Everyone could come over. We did all these decorations, those types of things. That's did you do it in a British accent? I did not do it in a British accent. Now, <laughs> nor do I even can do a British accent. And nor am I going to try to do a British monocle. I have no idea what that is. But, uh, <laughs> um, but so for like one year of we've done something as formal as that because that's that formality is really important, especially to my wife's side of the family. For a two-year-old birthday party, once you start getting there, it starts to kind of taper downhill. Not necessarily formal invitation to go out. It's a phone call or a text message or an email sometimes that goes out for that. Um, but there are certain ones that, especially the important ones, you know, one, you know, five, as they get a little bit older, those types of things where we did, we, our family does them a little bit more formal. Increments of five are super important. Absolutely. It just, it's the way it is. But uh, it works the same as you get older too, right? I mean, once you start hitting like 50, you do 50, you do 55, you do 60. And I just, I don't know where the break is when you go from into once. Is it 70 and then you go to 71 or 72 or does it get to 80 and then you do 81? I don't know. And once you get to 80, you want to do every year. Because you don't know from that point on. Yeah. I mean, things get a little more iffy. I mean, even green bananas are a rough investment at 80. Huh. Yeah. Right? Maybe. You never know. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> As Josh is like crawling out of his skin, guys, stop talking! No. Uh, honestly, we're just having fun, right? Yes. Uh, 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 a little bit with it. But no, there's some of that stuff that we do honestly very formal because it's kind of just the expectation with the families so and then is it fair to say that there might be other families that if you sent them a formal invitation and didn't post it on facebook there would be some people up in arms about that uh not necessarily on your family but in general yeah i think so um i wouldn't happen in our family because we just none of both and both of my my and my wife's side of the family aren't big Facebook people. We don't post that kind of stuff out there. But yeah, I think in today's culture with the advent of social media, I think people are almost looking for the e-invite before they look for anything in the mail. As a matter of fact, we just went through a wedding not that long ago um, with a friend and there was most of the invitations were all sent via a online forum. It wasn't sent via the went and bought the special paper to put the other special paper on to get the fancy writing on it to tie the little bow to put it in an envelope to you know mail it out that cost you you know seven dollars to do the whole thing by the time you bought the stamp to end up in the trash to end up in the trash very good or Not hanging on your wall in a in a <laughs> he's lost yes i'm sorry Three of our six viewers <laughs> but yeah uh um I think there would be a, a, a portion of that audience say yeah. that we would lose if you didn't do some of that stuff. All so right. I got a great point Go ahead, to bring please. up yes. in what you guys are talking about as far as this is. This drives me back to um, how if we really want effective communication, um, we need to be uh, in the mindset of Stephen Covey, I think, talks about this, seeking first to understand. Mm -hmm. Because if you're offended that you didn't see something on Facebook or you're offended <laughs> that you didn't get a text, then you need to reevaluate. Um, like my kids don't do Facebook. But they both have Instagram accounts, which I don't, right? Well, I mean, I think I do, but I don't have it anywhere. Um, and so Heidi will always show me pictures of Hope and Sam Instagram stuff. Now, if I was offended, I should be offended that they're not, you know, sending them in an email or a text message. How am, how am I supposed to know what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm not. If I want to know those things, I should be I should be willing to figure out that that's how they communicate, and you know, put it on the onus of me. So if you're finding yourself being offended by communication. Um, 
and somebody's not intentionally doing it. Like, yes. So there's, there's times when people are trying to there's, be offensive. There's bad actors, right? right? Uh, but if they're not intentionally trying to do it, then don't take offense. Figure out the best way, what what is in your control, how can you communicate with them, or figure out how to communicate with them. So, yeah. <clears throat> so and then, I, I mean, I appreciate all these examples, but that's, that's ultimately, we're responsible for our own communication, right? And if we walk around going like, well, I can't believe they are, then, you know, that's on us. So, anyway, next scenario. No, I completely agree. Don't make I, me flip a table. Do, do we want another scenario? So, I have a good, I have a good one. Okay. Um, and, and then we can wrap it up. But, uh, and this is just an example of one of the one of the things that I think is we're talking about communication and how you can misunderstand something in a way you gotta you gotta think of the other person and what their intent is and that kind of thing is. Heidi and I, when we were um, uh, actually probably still happens once in a while, but when we were first married, this used to just absolutely cause us to to fight. Right, so um, we would if we were going somewhere. And you know you're walking up to the car and you hit the little code pad or you hit your little button and you get in and then or maybe even back in the day when you had to unlock your car, um, we'd get in and she would be walking around the other side and I would have to hit the unlock button. But before I could get to the unlock button, she would be at the window going knock knock knock, like hey you gotta unlock this. And inside the car, uh, you know when we first married, it would be she would open the door. I'm like why in the world would you knock on the window? I was literally a millisecond away from hitting the unlock button and she'd be like well I just wanted to get in the car I said yes but I was gonna get there and pretty soon you know 10 miles on the road we're like arguing about dinner from three weeks ago because it escalated to that point and so it got to the point where when she she just it was this response she just knocked and if she wasn't meaning anything by it it was just her way of communicating that hey I'm still out here and I had to get to the point where I was it, it, it would still it was like nails in a chalkboard but I had to understand that she wasn't intending to be, uh, you know, rude by it or communicating anything. Like she just was just the way she, just the way she acted, right? Um, now I'm sure, and from her standpoint, she got she's worked on like, oh, just give him a second, right? But that was an example of like where things can just kind of blow up because of misunderstandings of communication. And before there was even any words, all of a sudden you're you're all of a sudden at odds with with your communication style. So I think again, again, just focusing on what can I control. How can I not take offense? How can I try to understand what the person really met, meant rather than just immediately assuming like, this email is really offensive, right? Because email can be taken, you know, oh, the, all kinds of communication can be taken the wrong way. So, but seeking first to understand what that person is intending first. So I think it's a good, good way to live your life. Yeah. So. Fantastic point. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think to, to kind of summarize all of this and put a bow on it, um, communication is, a lot more in depth than maybe it appears at the surface. There's a lot of variables that come into play and it's two directional. And being conscientious of all of those components can help you be way more effective uh, when you take them into consideration. Definitely. So, all right, I think that kind of wraps up this topic on communication. Yeah, so, thanks for joining us. Yeah. It's Josh, Jeff, and Terry. Say goodbye, guys. Bye. Bye. At a very high level. What? <laughs> I was reading the types that you're talking about that and I can't get physical in my head. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> I was really trying not to, but I couldn't sit there. He tells me this while he's looking at me. We're going to talk about communication today. <laughs> Jeff started giggling. I did not start giggling. I could tell. I did not. Yes, that makes that, that much better. <laughs> oh, yeah.